The views and opinions on the following program are those of the participants and not necessarily those of KKVV Las Vegas. Are you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we are on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away. If you're local in Las Vegas, you will dial 702-650-5588. Again, that number for locals to join in on our discussion today, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to call in and join our discussion. Or if you have a praise report or would just like to let us know something that's going on, we'd love to hear from you. Again, that toll-free number would be 800-366-8883. I'm going to repeat it, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website. That would be www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you again. That would be www.kkvv.com. We are being broadcast at AM Dow, 1060 AM here in Las Vegas, and on the FM Dow, 101.5 FM. We're also being streamed live from our website, which is Save the Lost at All Costs. The web address is www.savethelostlv.org. I say again, Save the Lost at All Costs, our nonprofit, our website is www.savethelostlv.org. LV.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts and would like to re-listen to them or hear them for the first time, please visit our website again, www.savethelostlv.org. Also, there are a lot of wonderful resources up there for you uh, to help you with your walk in Christ, your Bible study resources. We have local resources. If you find yourself in need while you're here in the greater Las Vegas area, we also have some health and wellness resources. I really encourage you to visit the website again, www.savethelostlv.org, and see what God has for you if you'd like to help bless this ministry. There are ways for you to bless the ministry as well when you visit it. Amen. So let's get into it. Our discussion for today is remove the cup. Amen. So that is our discussion for today. Remove the cup. And we're going to look at Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and how he was praying and what was really going on uh, right there. We're going to look at a close examination of it. And it really um, moved on my heart. Uh, I 
do a Bible study once a week with a recovery group. And I thank God for the miracle signs and wonders that are happening there at Tony's house. And it is beautiful to see what God has done. It is just tremendous. Uh, I really encourage people, especially men and women of God, to get out of your comfort zone and go and see where the miracle signs and wonders of God. It is truly, truly amazing. So, um, you know, they, they speak to me about a lot of things, but they spoke to me uh, about prayer. And um, I said, you know what, Lord, what is it about prayer? What what can I talk about? Or shall I say, what would you have me talk about? Amen. So he brought this to me in reference to remove the cup. A lot of people go to our Heavenly Father, in prayer, and they ask all types of things. They ask for healing, they ask for deliverance, they ask for uh, bills to be lightened, they ask for healing in their relationships, you know, for them to be brought back together or to open a door so that they can exit uh, if it seems as if the two cannot walk as one. Amen. And just a barrage of things that people uh, ask God for. So I wanted to look at Jesus in the garden and bring some things to your attention as to why he was praying the way that he was praying. Amen. And how he prayed and what physical manifestations had taken place about his condition that moved him to pray in the manner that he was praying. Amen. So I definitely would like to look at that and I hope that uh, it will bless you tremendously. It was very exciting for me to revisit it and uh, I think it's going to bless your soul tremendously. So uh, let's get into it again. Our topic of discussion today is remove the cup. So Basically, we have a situation in the Bible that we had never seen before that had happened. And it definitely uh, impacts us tremendously because it deals with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, this is a model that has to deal with sorrow. And a lot of people don't really know what sorrow is. They think they're in some type of sorrow. They may be actually in distress. They could be confused about something. Something could not be as it should or they believe as it should. So things seem a little unfamiliar. But let's look at the word sorrow. Sorrow is distress, grief, and sadness due to affliction, loss, or misfortune. And at this particular time that we're going to look at, Jesus was in terrible sorrow. But it wasn't sorrow caused by what you might think. Amen. A lot of people react to circumstances. They react to situations. And then they have a response. But this was not like anything that we had ever experienced with our Lord and Savior at this particular time. This sorrow was really something. And I want to 
pull back the curtain, if you will, so we can really, really look at it a little bit closer. Amen? So, we are going to learn about a medical term that you may not be familiar with that describes the physical manifestation that our Lord Jesus Christ was experiencing at that particular time. So, Let's prepare our hearts to go into the Word of God, and I want to look at Luke. We are going to go to the New Testament, and we are going to go to the book of Luke. And we're going to go about chapter 22. So let's go to Luke 22, and let me see here. We are going to go around the 44th verse, and I'm in the New King James Version. So again, Luke 22, around the 44th verse, and the Word of God says this, And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Wow. So, let's look at that. That is something that is rare in the medical arena. And the symptoms that he was experiencing is called hematidrosis. And that is H-E-M-A-T-I-D-R-O-S-I-S. Again, hematidrosis. Again, H-E-M-A-T-I-D-R-O-S-I-S. It's extremely rare condition characterized by the sweating of blood, which is said to occur when a person is facing death or other highly stressful events. It is attributed to the rupture of the capillaries surrounding sweat glands with oozing of blood into the glands and out of the sweat ducts. Now, That is something that never occurred in the Bible before. We were never aware of that. And to that degree that Jesus was in that much sorrow, in that much distress. Now we do agree that he was God wrapped in flesh. So there wasn't anything physical that you could do to him. What was it that had him in such this condition where he even fell out to the ground? Can you imagine the hypostatic union of God and man? God wrapped in flesh and he was Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and he was praying, and that type of physical manifestation was upon him. Now, I don't know any of us that have experienced that. I don't know anybody who has. But it is a condition, and it is rare, and it can happen. But it usually happens when someone is about to face their death, in the form of execution, or it is just a super highly stressful events that occur. 
So what would it be that would put Jesus in this type of condition? Well, let's look. When it talks about removing the cup. Amen? Now, the cup Jesus asked to have removed isn't mere physical suffering. It's a cup that's an Old Testament phrase that signifies God's awful wrath upon sinful behavior. And we will be able to find that out when we go to the book of Jeremiah and chapter 25. But I want to go back to Luke in chapter 22. And I want to take you to verse 39. And then we will finish up with verse 43 because we've already read verse 44. Now verse 39, again, this is the New King James Version. I'm in Luke 22 and starting at verse 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed and his disciples also followed him. Verse 40, when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. 41, and he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw and he knelt down and prayed. 42, saying, Father, if it is your will, Take this cup away from me, and nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 43. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. That's where we're getting ready to find out about this cup. Amen? So we're going to go to the book of Jeremiah. And we're going to go to Jeremiah 25. And we're going to look at verses 15 and 16. Amen. And verse 15 states, again, Jeremiah 25. We're looking at verses 15 and 16. I'm in the New King James Version. Verse 15. For thus says the Lord God of Israel to me, Take this wine cup of fury from my hand and cause all the nations to whom I send you to drink it. 16. And they will drink and stagger and go mad because of the sword that I will send among them. That's what Jesus knew about the cup. Amen. So let's go to verses 27 and 28. We're still in Jeremiah 25. So we're going to verses 27, 28. And verse 27 reads, Therefore you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, The God of Israel, Drink, be drunk, and vomit. Fall and rise no more, Because of the sword which I will send among you. 28. It shall be, if they refuse to take the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, you shall certainly drink. Wow. Now we're going to go over to Isaiah. And we're going to look at chapter 51, verse 17. Again, we're going to Isaiah. And we're going to chapter 51, verse 17. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. 
Isaiah 51, verse 17. Awake, awake, stand up, O Israel, you who have drunk at the hand of the Lord the cup of his fury. You have drunk the dreads of the cup of trembling and drained it out. It was a sign of judgment. Amen. And it was the wrath of God. And it would be put upon you. Amen. For sinful behavior. Now we know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was sinless. That definitely. Laid him out on the ground. And to ask his father. If it could be any other way. Amen. But see. He trusted the father. And he knew the father's plans for salvation. Amen. But you have to understand. God the father, God the son and God the Holy Spirit had never been separated before. Sin causes you to be separated from the father. And the son and the Holy Spirit. So this was something that caused him. To sweat blood. It was true. It was. A condition. That a man. Experiences. Rare as it might be. But it was about an execution. Amen. So. You have to understand. This wasn't just. You know, I'm unemployed. I am having financial issues. Uh, I My car is not working. Uh, my mom and dad and I had a disagreement or my wife and I had a disagreement or my child is not behaving. It wasn't one of those type of situations and those situations are very serious no doubt but sometimes are we really sure that we want the cup to be removed see by the cup not being removed even though our Lord and Jesus Christ went to the Father and asked but he also said basically let it be God's will and not his own amen Sometimes we have to come to a place in our Christian maturity that there are things that God will not do because he has his reasons and they may be a million reasons why he does not answer the prayer. Amen. But in this particular case, because he did not answer the prayer and love sent our Lord and Savior to the cross, because that's the only thing that kept him on the cross was love. And we will definitely be able to bear witness to that. And let's go to John chapter 10 and verse 18. We're going to go to John, the gospel of John. We're going to go again to chapter 10 and we're going to look at verse 18. Amen. And this is our Lord and Savior Jesus speaking. John chapter 10, and we're looking at verse 18. It says, no one takes it from me, but I lay it down 
of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Amen. So let's look at verse 17. Or shall we say let's go to verse 14 and read down. I wanted you to get that. And now let's go to verse 14. And this again is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ speaking. Verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. 15. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. 17. Therefore my Father loves me, because I laid down my life that I may take it again. Amen. Like I said, love kept him on the cross. So when he's praying this prayer, and it's so intense to the point that he's dripping blood. Amen. It's falling on the ground. He's sweating it. Yet, he has the presence of mind and maturity to understand that let it be the Father's will. Because what the Father wants is perfect all the time, not some of the time. There will be times when the cup will not be removed. And because it wasn't removed, we have the eternal gift of salvation. We have the eternal gift of redemption. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, is our helper, and resides here in us. Amen. For those who believe. Until our Lord and Savior returns in the second coming. Amen. So. We have to get it in our minds. Brothers and sisters of Christ. That we have to. Walk by faith and not by sight. And that's why obedience is better than sacrifice. Amen. How blessed. We are not just for those who believe. The whole world is blessed by what Christ did for love. But he came to the Father. And it was an intimate prayer. Because he said, Father. Abba. A-B-B-A. Are we intimate with our Holy Father? Look at how the Lord Jesus Christ approached him. Now, he is the creator of everything. Amen. Of all the universe. He's the holy of the holies. Amen. He is the great I am that I am. But Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Approached him as a son would approach his father and say, Father, it's intimate. 
our Heavenly Father enjoys the fact that we come to Him and we see Him as loving, as kind, as a protector, as a hearer of our prayers. Amen? Look at how that was structured. Jesus also knows that our Father who is in heaven can do anything. Amen? It never was an issue. Can he do it or can he do it? Jesus goes to him in confidence knowing that he is the one, the one that can do anything. Amen? There's nothing too hard for him. So Jesus goes to him in great confidence, knowing that if it's in the Father's will, he will grant the request. Amen? Because he knows that the Heavenly Father is the one that gives life and can bring something that's dead back to life. He can bring things into existence that didn't exist before. Who could bring a dead person back to life? No one. So Jesus was quite aware of that and had the confidence in his prayer, even in his most distressing time. He knew how many of us are going to the one that we know can do anything. Amen. Or are we getting discouraged because we're giving men and women that type of reverence? Knowing that they're limited in their human form. Amen. You can go directly to the Father and pray to Him. Amen. You don't have to have others pray for you. It's about establishing your relationship with Him. Amen. That you understand that He is who He is. And yes, we are supposed to pray for one another. Jesus even took three of the disciples with Him to pray. But they got tired. And they were only a stone throw away. Sometimes that happens. People get tired. They have other things going on in their life. They're not as effective as they could be. Amen. But that should not negate. Or diminish a relationship you should already have with the father. Amen. So. We as believers have to remember that there's no situation that is insurmountable. There's nothing in this life that God cannot address, that God cannot do, that God is not available to you to help you. There's nothing But we also have to understand that people will die even though we may not be ready for them to die or want them to die at that particular time. There will things that will occur and we may not want them to occur. And we may not get to know the reason why in this lifetime. 
But when we stand before the Lord and we are with him, amen, and we have gone on to heaven, when he comes, you will get your questions answered. But you should have the blessed assurance to know that he's a just God, amen, that he's a righteous God and there's none like him and that he loves you and he cares for you. And we have to trust him. Not some trust. Total trust. Because if we do that, then a lot of us would heal a lot faster. Because the healing has already gone forth. We're just not walking in it. The prayer has already been answered. We just have not received it. Amen. Because we choose not to open the door. We want to be self-absorbed, self-important. We want to hurt longer than we should hurt. We want to keep score longer than we should be keeping score. And it's really not our job to keep score at all. Because we're not the ones that should be judging. Amen? Because if you're judging, then you're doing God's job. And he is the judge. He is the righteous. And he did not create a situation to totally crush you. And we have to remember that when we ask him to do something, remember about the cup. Now, Jesus, our Lord and Savior, knew what the cup represented. But we are in the season now where the sin has been paid for. Jesus' blood, the blood of Jesus, is the full payment. It's the propitiation. It paid for all the sin. Amen? We ought to be rejoicing in what our Lord and Savior did for love, for us who were sinners. Amen? He took on sin. And he was sinless. So we should not be so concerned about certain things. The real situation here is if you don't have a relationship with him or if you've turned your back on him or you only want him when you want him. Amen? So, you're lukewarm. You don't believe and you once believed but now you don't believe anymore. You've turned yourself over to a reprobated mind. Now, you should be about ready to sweat blood because that means that you want to be eternally separated from our Lord and Savior. Amen? The Holy Spirit and God the Father. You want to be totally separated from that. Eternally. 
Well, there's a place. And it's not where they're going to be. It's hell. That's enough to make you sweat blood. If that's where you choose to spend your eternity. Because you'll be separated. From the kingdom of God. No. You won't find. God the Father. God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit there. No. That's total damnation. Eternal damnation. They won't be there. We need to always run to the Father. Amen? Because He's able. And if it's in His perfect will, He'll do it. And if He doesn't answer our prayers, He has a very good reason why. And it may not be the way that you want it to be. But don't you want it the very best way? Then the Father knows that. The cross during the time that Jesus walked the earth was a symbol for the most heinous way to die. It was the symbol of crucifixion. Now, It is a symbol of everything that is the Lord Jesus Christ getting up off of the cross. Amen? Because he hung there, but that didn't kill him. Amen? And it was supposed to. Now it's a symbol of eternal life, salvation, strength, love. The most beautiful thing that we could ever have. It's the gift of life. Amen. The life that will never end. Should we want to be in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The cross is everything now. But back then. It was meant. To scare us to death. Amen. We're going to take a call at this time. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you. Uh, I remember talking to you uh, a few years back, maybe a year ago, and I am so blessed by listening to you because you're still on the radio. Amen. And, and I believe that the Lord has you and the other ones that are that are in the radio and taking our calls so we can share about him, because you're doing a very good job sharing about him. Amen. I believe a lot of of things that you have put in my heart are so faithful and true. And I heard your testimony when you first started, and I told myself, this is the daughter of Jesus Christ, our Lord. I I could sense it in my heart. And... uh, I almost wanted to cry because I heard your testimony. Well, thank and you. And then later on when I call again, 
you asked me if we could meet for a cup of coffee. It never happened, but I'm sure it's coming. Hey, man. We both are going to have a cup of tea and we're going to have a party. Yes, we are, woman of God. Yes, we are. And I, I can't wait to put my arms around you, Sister Yolanda. You know, I love that you love the Lord. And I love that uh, you want to share that love with everyone. And I appreciate you, sister. And I appreciate that uh, you're not ashamed of the gospel or of our no. Lord Jesus Christ. So thank you. No, I, I learned a lot about him just through listening to you, through you, and through other people that are still on the radio and receiving calls. Bless your heart and may the good Lord keep you. Amen. Well, thank you. I wish the same for you. And we're going to have it this year. 2016 is going to be our year, sis. Amen. 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 All right. Love you. you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, God bless you, Sister Yolanda. Again, we thank the Lord Jesus Christ for those who encourage us, who pray for us, uh, who love on us, and know that only what we do for Christ will last. It's very important that we continue to share what God has done and continues to do. Amen? It is so important. We need to encourage people, especially in a season called now. So I want to look at Second <clears throat> Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, because prayers are successful, and we need to continue to go to our Lord in prayer. Amen? And make it personal. It doesn't have to be wordy, but it needs to be personal. Amen. We we need to be able to have that relationship. When a man loves his wife, he he tells her he loves her. He looks at her. He wants to give himself to her. Amen. He's attentive to every word that she's saying and that that they produce together, their children and when the families come together, the mothers, the fathers, the brothers and the sisters, they want that love to abound. Amen. They want to be wrapped in it. And they're so thankful for the generations that came before them that they were able to be blessed by that. And they take everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and they look at it as a lesson, as a wisdom, as, you know, that they survived. And they want to lay a great foundation and they want to remember uh, the dry seasons so they can get through to the bountiful seasons. Amen. Because you have to have a dry season to get to the bountiful season. Amen. We have four seasons. And they're not all about a big harvest. And we have to go through some things. Amen. We, we're individuals. But then when we link up in our relationships, we function. In the body of Christ. Amen. So it's important that we understand commitment. And we want to be able to make sure that our prayers are successful. And I want to share with you some things about making sure our prayer is successful. Now one thing that the first thing we're going to look at is to have a humble heart. And Jesus was very humble in the garden when he was praying to his father. And we need to remember that. So let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And again, I'm in the New King James Version. And the Word of God says, For if in anything I have boasted to him about you, I am not ashamed. 
but as we spoke all things to you in truth, even so our boasting to Titus was found true. Amen. Uh, I am in Second Corinthians. Please forgive me. I need to go to Second Chronicles. So uh, forgive me for that. Uh, I appreciate the Holy Spirit uh, touching me and saying you need to get over to Second Chronicles. Amen. So forgive your sister in Christ and uh, let's get again to Second Chronicles chapter 7 uh, verse 14. And the word of God says this. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Amen. Humility. Humble yourself before the great I am that I am when you go to him. Amen. It's personal. Be humble. He knows who you are. He knows what you ask before you ask it. He created you before you even knew yourself. Amen. He loved you before you loved yourself. So be humble. Now we're going to go to Jeremiah 29.13. Amen. We're going to go to Jeremiah 29.13. And let's see what the Word of God says there. Again, Jeremiah 29.13. I'm turning as fast as I can. Alrighty. And we want to look at Jeremiah 29.13. And the Word of God says this. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You have to have a hold heartedness. Amen. Give it all to him. Amen. Give it all to him. We need a humble heart. But when the heart is humble, we still have to give it wholeheartedly. Amen. Now let's go to Mark eleven twenty four. We are looking at the requirements for a successful prayer. Why Jesus' prayer was so successful. Amen. We're looking at Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven. Alrighty. And the word of God says this, and this is Jesus speaking. Again, I'm in the New King James Version. I have the red letter edition. Mark eleven twenty four, and the word of God says this, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Amen. Amen. Hmm. It's just so filling to me. I just get so filled up. It just brings me to the point where I just... I want to cry. It's not because I'm sad. It's just that I just believe so. I'm just so passionate about his word. It just it's, it's just transforming. Amen. This is when I'm most alive. When I'm reading his word. And I'm alive. Amen. But I'm even more alive. When I'm reading his word. Amen. James 5.16. That's where we're going next. Uh. And that was faith when we looked at Mark uh, eleven twenty four. Amen. That was about faith. Amen. And we know it's impossible to please God without faith. So now we're going to go to James 5 and we're going to look at verse 16. 
We're in the book of James, chapter 5, verse 16. Again, New King James Version. And verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, reverent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. Righteousness. And then we're going to go to 1st John. Let's get over to 1st John and we're going to go to chapter 3 and we're going to look at verse 22 again. 1st John chapter 3 verse 22 and the word of God says this in the New King James Version. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Did you see that? Did you hear that? Verse 22 again, and whatever we ask, we receive from him because, hold it, we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Oh, you better run out and tell somebody about that one. Amen. Those are the requirements for successful prayer. We need to have a humble heart. We need to have wholeheartedness. We need to come in faith. We need to be have righteousness and obedience. Oh, I am just like more convinced, amen, than ever that this prayer language is something. It is so, it's eternal, amen. If I could give it a word, it's eternal. It has eternal consequences. Amen. We have a caller on the line. We're going to take the call. Hello, you're on Save the Lost at All Costs, and God bless you. God bless you too, Sister Nina. Just keep up the good work. I just wanted to call you to give some accolation here because you're doing a very wonderful job. Amen. Well, thank you, Sister Dorothy, and I appreciate you. I'm I'm just excited, woman of God. I'm just very excited at this particular time. But you sound tired, though, to be honest with you, so I pray that y'all give you strength. No, I'm just, I'm full, woman of God, not tired. <laughs> when, you, when you're full, you know, you may sound a little spent, but I'm just full. Amen? Amen. I got you. Amen. But I appreciate that, and I appreciate the prayers. But, uh, you know, thank you. It's, it's, just, it's just a fullness. Amen? All right. All right. Well, thank you, woman of God. All right. Love you, sis. All right. Love you more. Bye-bye. Amen. Well, I appreciate her care and concern, but I I promise you, uh, men and women of God who are listening to this broadcast, that uh, I'm just full. I'm just full with him. Amen. I'm just very, very excited. But sometimes excitement can be quietness. Amen. It could be, it could be different because I know that, uh, I'm usually, uh, you know, full of, full of energy and it comes and it snap, crackle, pop. But, you know, I just been studying this a little bit and I have come to a peace, if you will. And it's the type of peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. So I want you to be assured that God does answer your prayers. But more importantly, he hears your prayers. Amen. He hears them and he answers them. So let's look at Psalm 4 verse 3. Amen. And it says, but know that the Lord has set apart for himself. Him who is godly, the Lord will hear when I call to him. Amen. Now we're going to stay in Psalm and we're going to go down to book 
18, Psalm 18, and we're going to look at verse 6. Amen. So let's go down to Psalm 18 and look at verse 6. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears. Amen. It says that in my distress. Remember we talked about sorrow. One of the things that they described in sorrow was distress. Amen. So it says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. Do you see that? That's personal. That denotes a relationship. My taking possession. He heard my voice. Amen. He heard my voice from his temple. Amen. And my cry came before him even to his ears. Do you see that? My God, my voice, my cry. Personal, personal, personal. It denotes a relationship. Amen. So let's go over to Psalm 34. We are going to go to Psalm 34. So be encouraged, men and women of God. Not only does he hear your prayers, but he answers your prayers. But we have to understand that it's about doing his will, doing his commandments, and doing the things that are pleasing to him. Amen. We have to ask ourselves that. You know if you have. It's not for me to know. It's for you to know. You need to go before God and make sure you humble yourself. Amen. Because he already knows. Before that thing comes out of your mouth, whatever it is you speak or whatever you're trying to do, he already knows. Amen. So be careful how you approach the throne. Psalm 34, and we are looking at verse 17. Again, Psalm 34, verse 17. I'm in the New King James Version, and the Word of God says this. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. Do you hear that? Verse 17, it says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears, and delivers them out of all their troubles. What more assurance do you need than that? It says, delivers them out of all their troubles. Amen? Oh, man, you got to get excited about that. That is tremendous. That was Psalm 34, verse 17. Now we're going to go to the 91st Psalm. Amen. Psalm 91. And let's look at verse 15. Psalm 91, verse 15. And the word of God says this. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Wow. It says, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and will deliver him and honor him. Mm, mm, mm. Whew, this is about promises of protection. But when we look at verse 15, we will see that he, the H is capitalized and shall call upon me. And the M in me is capitalized. Amen. And when we see that capitalization, we know we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it is exciting. We are now on our way to Proverbs. And we are looking at Proverbs 15, verse 19. Again, Proverbs 15, verse 19. And the Word of God says this. The way... Again, Proverbs 15, 19, yes. 19, the way of the lazy man is like a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright is a highway. Hmm. 
Who wants to be caught in bramble? Who wants to be caught in bushes with thorns? Wow. It says, but the way of the upright is a highway. You can continue to move on a highway. Amen. But when you're caught up in thorns and bramble, you can't get out of it. It's a trap. It's bondage. So that's a lazy man versus an upright man. You know, you just got to get excited about that. Now, I'm going to give you some things <clears throat> that I'd like you to uh, look up on your own because we're pressed for time. But we are down to our last few minutes. But I think this will bless you tremendously. So if you're ready to write, I want to give you some scriptures and have you look at them. And we'll go over them the next time I come on the air. But I'd like you to be ready and we can look at them together. But let me give them to you now. There are a few reasons why some prayers aren't answered. Disobedience would be one. We can find that in 1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 37 or Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 45. Uh, secret sin, we can find that in Psalm 66, verse 18. Indifference, we can find that in Proverbs 1, verse 28. Neglect of mercy, we can find that in Proverbs 21, verse 13. Despising the law, we can find that in Proverbs 28 and 9. Um, blood guiltness, we can find that in Isaiah 1, verse 15. Iniquity, we can find that in Isaiah 59, verse 2, and Micah 3, verse 4. Stubbornness, Zechariah chapter 7, verse 13. Instability or doubt, we can find that in James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Self-indulgence, we can find that in James chapter 4, verse 3. And sometimes our prayers are refused. Prayer must be in Accord with God's divine will. And we can find that in First John. So I'm going to try to get us over there. So that we can have that. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. First John. Alright. And we're looking at chapter 5. Verse 14. And verse 14 reads. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. So we talked about remove the cup. Sometimes it will not be removed. Because something greater exists for us. We love you and God bless. Prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit filled, live called in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas's very own. Christian Talk Radio Stations, 1060 AM and 101.5 FM. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website, www.savethelostlv.org. If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org.
If you prefer, you could mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc., P.O. Box number 335852, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is... 335852 North Las Vegas 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ. Stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.